Welcome to Top of the Game with Javier Sade, where we talk to amazing people that are shaping the world. These lightning round talks explore what makes remarkable leaders tick. Thinkers and doers pushing humankind forward and at the top of their games. Impactful insights, global perspectives, valuable wisdom you can use every day in your life and work. This is Top of the Game. Enjoy today's episode. Here's Javier. Manny Medina is a remarkable human being. From an idyllic early childhood in Cuba to seeking asylum in the USA to an amazing success, a uniquely American story. He is a highly successful entrepreneur and investor with many decades of leadership experience. He has taken two companies public, Sixterra and Terramark. Both of them sold, one of them to Verizon for an enterprise value of $2 billion. Terramark built and operated the network access point of the Americas, one of the major communications hubs in the world and a leading provider of IT infrastructure services for Fortune 500 companies and the federal government. He is an integral figure in Miami's economy and vibrant innovation ecosystem. He founded and is chairman of Emerge Americas, the premier B2B technology event connecting the U.S., Latin America, and Europe. As he puts it, the South by Southwest of Miami. Through his leadership, Emerge has helped establish Miami as the hub for technology industry in the Americas. He was born in Matanzas, Cuba, and immigrated with his family to the United States in 1965 at the age of 13. He holds a BS in accounting from Florida Atlantic University and began his career as a CPA at Price Waterhouse. Enjoy this incredible conversation. My name is Edina. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Javier. Pleasure for me to be here. Thank you for uh, inviting me. We're super lucky to have you. You, Your story is just remarkable. I know your story. Many people know your story. But instead of you telling me kind of blow by blow, kind of you, how you came to be Manny Medina today, just maybe for the audience, a few things in your early years, maybe challenges, maybe amazing opportunities that came up that you didn't know were opportunities, just something that, <laughs> or some things that you encountered that you still use to this day, Manny, to you. Yeah, look, I think, I think um, you know, my, my life was, uh, the way I look at my life was kind of, kind of three phases, if you will, my, my early childhood kind of say um, pre-Castro revolution, I was born in Cuba, was an idyllic childhood. I had, a, I mean, uh, my, my family was from a province of Matanzas. I grew up in the countryside. Uh, I spent my, my youth uh, doing everything that a, that, a, that a young boy dreams of doing, right? And uh, everything, and it was ideally. Then you had the, the post-revolution uh, years. I didn't arrive here until 65, and that was, Pretty traumatic for a young uh, for a young kid. Uh, I still I was in Cuba when the Bay of Pigs invasion happened. I still I was remember all the adults being scared, so that kind of affected me. And then I arrived here. My father and mother had the fortitude to put me and my sister on a boat, and I arrived in the U.S. Um, I arrived here. I didn't speak English. My parents were very poor. My dad drove a cab. They had left everything that that they had in Cuba just to to get me and my sister here. Uh, my mother was a hotel maid. So I think those first years I did was uh, here in the exile defined the rest of my life because basically it was a very difficult time. When people asked me what sport I played, I said I survived, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and uh, it was a very tough time for a 13-year-old boy. And uh, and basically, uh, and, and for sure, I didn't 
uh, want to be poor. I mean, I saw what my parents were going through. Um, so those first years were very difficult, but I, it, they have stayed with me for the rest of my life. It has been extremely uh, good because whenever something goes wrong, I say, I'm never going to be worse than I, than I was at one point, right? So it helped me with this fortitude, the strength, seeing my parents uh, struggle and, and, you know, me uh, having a determination that I, it was really, really important for me to uh, succeed. So There's so much to unpack there. I mean, I mean, just going through, just being at exile and seeking political asylum and coming here in your most important formative years. I mean, it's just remarkable. But then somehow the fortitude and the resilience and all these things that were bad, a bad situation, you literally made lemonade out of, out of lemons. Now you're in the United States, Miami in the 1960s, and you now are well known for, you know, starting, selling companies, buying companies. You do all kinds of amazing things in the business world. So tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Why, why are you so antsy to start things and keep going and then do the other thing? And tell me a little well, bit look, about that. Uh, I think I think it really. I mean, I I have a duty today to speak to uh, as many young kids as I can. So, and I do it because I basically, you know, like to pay it forward, if you will. And I think I think one of the one of the most important things that drives me is curiosity. I mean, I know it sounds silly, but I am curious about everything. <laughs> basically, I I I have an insatiable appetite for learning and reading and, you know, my, my mind is full of all this useless information <laughs> and basically, and I, so what I'm saying is that I love, I love to, to kind of look at trends. I love to see what things were going. I love technology. I mean, I, and it's really started with the early years of the internet and how I became fascinated by that. And then this whole technology shift every time there's been, so I love that. I love seeing what drives uh, uh, the economy and chances, and and it. So when I uh, when I when people say, "Why are you working so hard?" It's, I'm not working. I mean, I mean, I'm not. Am I working with you now? I mean, I'm I'm having a conversation with a friend. I don't consider this work. <laughs> and basically, and I love you know really following these trends and trying to be ahead of the curve and trying to be ahead of these waves that I've experienced through, uh, luckily through my life. And, and, and I, I truly enjoy it. I, it's something that for me drives me. Uh, and, uh, and that's really the, 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 the main reason. I also, you know, it's, it's very important for me to pay it forward, not just in what I'm saying, talking to kids, but, you know, in doing things that actually help our community. I, I, I would have to live 10 lifetimes to pay back Miami, what uh, what the city has done for me and and my family after after surviving uh, the early the early uh, years, so that also drives me. Is basically you know I, I feel great and you know and, and and I've been blessed to have great health. You know why why would I not uh, take uh, this opportunity that that I've been so blessed with to try to pay it forward uh, in doing all the possible good that I can. Yeah, a lot of that infrastructure, I mean, you, for the listeners, there's going to be links on the show on the amazing companies that Manny has started. I mean, he's been at the front edge of the wave. Uh, you know, he saw very early on that without data, the internet is nothing. So the infrastructure required to actually deal with that data. But let, let's, you know, let's stick with this issue or this topic of paying it forward. You started 
you are a pillar of the Miami community. Everybody knows you. You then, you have done a lot of stuff, but I want to focus on this Emerge thing that you started and you're still chairman of, which I think most people know what it is, but describe describe that thing, what it does today, not the, the conference, but uh, just generally what it does to the ecosystem of such a vibrant city that is getting so much influx. Now, all of a sudden, it's got a life of its own. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, for me, you know, having founded a technology company headquartered in Miami and the company grew, I took the company public, the company grew, uh, it was a multinational company all over Latin America, Europe, North America. Uh, it always frustrated me to uh, to see that Miami didn't get any respect when it came to technology. As a matter of fact, a lot of my, it also frustrated me in, when I met the young entrepreneurs or uh, young founders from Latin America, they all wanted to go to Silicon Valley or Boston or New York. Uh, and that always bothered me, right, basically. And recruiting was an issue uh, for highly sophisticated uh, tech folks coming to Miami. Um, so when I sold the company in uh, uh, in 2012, I wanted to, I, I just kind of thought through, I said, what could, what can I do to begin change that, uh, to, to try to move that into a direction of, you know, Miami, because we have every attribute, right? Basically, we're a friendly city, you know, totally bilingual or, or even trilingual. Um, and we had all the attributes, great universities, et cetera. So Emerge uh, was inspired by an event called South by Southwest, which happens every year in Austin, which I attended uh, uh, just about every year. And I said, listen, if this is happening in the middle of the country, I think we can do something similar that kind of ties in Latin America, Europe, and North America with a startup entrepreneur tech kind of focus to it, like what is happening lately. And and uh, we did. We, uh, I put all the, I mean, my daughter, uh, after telling me that I was crazy, which is continuously done since she <laughs> did, uh, joined me and said, Let, let's go do it. And uh, and I did it. We did it. Uh, we, you know, we brought in all these uh, constituencies. I mean, we brought in government. We brought in all the enterprises. We brought in all the universities, which was really crazy putting them all together, right? Because they, uh, and and that's, so the whole idea, we did it at the Miami Beach Convention Center. The first, this will be the 10th year anniversary in 2024. And I said, let's just do it. And uh, we spent two years evangelizing it. The first event was in 2014. And for the first time, you began kind of putting tech, Miami, innovation, entrepreneurship, uh, in, 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 in the tech world together. And uh, the, we've been blessed that the, the, the event was much needed. Uh, it's become really amazing now. Uh, we, last event, we had 60 countries. Uh, we had 25,000 people. But it's not just a number of people. It's the quality of people, C-level, founders, entrepreneurs. The heart of the event is the startups. We invite startups, um, a, a big presence from North America, Latin America and Europe, uh, we, we get five to 600 submissions. We select 100. They go through an eight-week course. And that's the, that's the start. That's, that's the, the showpiece of the event itself. So now, uh, obviously, uh, it was at the beginning, it was tough. But I mean, now we have, I don't know, hundreds of family offices looking for opportunities and then hundreds of startups looking for yeah. money. So that's the, that's a, so it's become, it's helped now. 
this Miami movement didn't happen just because of us. A lot of other things helped, right? But so that, that was the original genesis of why I launched Emerge and, uh, and, and it, it, it worked actually <laughs> better than I expected because I never set out to be in the event business, if you will. And now we had to eventually bring professional management and stuff like that because it became a big deal, right? Well, I mean, you're very humble. Uh, and, and it's funny that you, that you described that Emerge was kind of modeled after South by Southwest. But I bet you if you talk to people, some people will describe South by Southwest as the emerge of Austin, <laughs> the exact opposite. Because what you've done is pretty remarkable. Yeah. That connective tissue is important. Um, I'd be hard pressed not to ask you. I mean, Manny, at your uh, level of, of accomplishment, there's probably very few Latinos in the United States. I want to. The last question. You know, these shows are very short. Last question I want to ask you is about the future, right? You've been People like you have been blazing trails for people like me, and then people like me blaze trails for the next generation, and that's kind of how it works. And it looks pretty promising, right? Uh, but I want to get your sense on, we keep talking about the Latino community, but the Latino community is America. It's huge. It's growing. It's $3 trillion. Yeah, so look, I mean, my view is that the greatest thing that this country has is that it truly becomes a melting pot without you having to lose your identity, right? I mean, if you think about it myself, you still see I have I still have an accent. Uh, my daughter and son have no accents. My five grandkids are more American than they are, <laughs> even though they keep their heritage, right? So what I'm saying is, what I'm seeing right now is that we are, this, this land of, the promised land uh, is, is here, very much alive, not, not, notwithstanding what people say. I just returned from Chile last week. I mean, and and uh, and I, Latin America is where my business was was founded, and I spent a lot of my life traveling Latin America. You know, there's significant structural issues that we don't have time to get into in Latin America, and I don't care what country you choose. And I got to tell you something: there is a significant amount of desire and interest for the young entrepreneurs to come to the United States. They bring this amazing talent. They bring everything with them and besides the capital. So I believe our future is very bright. I, mean, I believe that the, you know, the, again, as you better than anybody knows, we're not a homogeneous kind of kind, just Latino. I mean, what, what is even that? I mean, yeah. Puerto Rican and Cubans are perhaps significantly closer to each other than, than, than Mexicans and Chileans. Right? <laughs> But nevertheless, at the end of the day, when you come to this melting pot, The first thing that identifies you is like, you know, I'm traveling the world and I'm traveling the world as an American, not as a Latino or as a yeah. whatever. And, and, and that's what identifies us, right? And I think that is here. I think the more that, that this country absorbs uh, on this uh, migration, the more they defend it the same way that I do, the same way that you do, right, basically. So I, I think our future is very, very bright. And I think all of this, uh, all of this, uh, not, and listen, we're always going to have, immigration is always going to be a, a sore issue, right? But basically, but I think that, that as time passes, uh, uh, I, I believe that this, the, the temperature will, will, will decrease significantly, uh, particularly when you have an aging population that really needs this young blood coming in here, right? So, With all of its blemishes and challenges, America is in an incredible place and we're both lucky to call our home, Listen, along with 350 million people. I say, I tell you, the luckiest thing that my sister and I had was that my parents had the fortitude to put us on that boat and bring us to the greatest country in the world. I mean, I had 100%. I mean, this is my, I, I cannot even imagine uh, uh, any anywhere else where, where, where we would have uh, gone. So, yes, it is. And I, I, I'm a big believer and a big defender. 
Mm. We're lucky that your parents put you on that boat. Manny, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Javier. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you chose me and uh, obviously uh, congrats on a, on, a great, uh, on a great podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. For information and links about today's guests, check out the show notes and visit topofthegame-thepod.com. Your host, Javier Sade, the show Top of the Game. Thanks for listening.